welcome to the latest in our Aberdeen Closed End Fund podcast series, where we catch up with our portfolio managers to try and gain some perspective on these complex market conditions. Today, we are focusing on global real estate with a manager of the Aberdeen Global Premier Properties Fund, ticker AWP, Mr. Bill Pekowitz. Good morning, Bill. Morning, Dan. How are you? Good. 2022 has been a volatile and tough market for broader equities and fixed income. How about real estate? Yeah, uh, 2022 has definitely been one uh, that's been marked with news flow that's been difficult for any kind of risk-based assets. You know, we've seen issues arise on the geopolitical front with the Ukraine. We have had COVID issues um, in China uh, still impacting supply chains and, and manufacturing activity. Uh, and then, you know, add to that, we've had inflation pressures globally, rising energy prices, uh, sharp rise in interest rates as central banks across the globe act aggressively to try to combat that inflation. And all of that has kind of also led to now increased talk of potential recession. This caused a sharp pullback in fixed income and equity markets overall. And, you know, real estate was able to weather most of uh, these storms quite well through, I'd say, the first four months or so of the year. However, as Inflation continued to spiral higher and central banks became even more aggressive. Concerns started to rise about the impact on underlying asset values and return requirements for institutional investors in real estate. So this has resulted in a sell-off in real estate securities globally over the last three months or so. That said, I'd say the sector is still essentially performing in line with broader equity markets uh, you know, through the end of July. Despite the sector as a whole performing, I'd say, in line with broader equities, I, I think something that we have seen has been just a wide variance in performance between various regions and property types. So being active managers, you know, we're still able to generate uh, returns for our shareholders. And Bill, you mentioned inflationary pressures, and those have certainly been on the rise globally. How is that uh, explicitly impacting the real estate markets overall? Yeah, Dan, uh, you know, I, I think first thing I have to say is, you know, one of the difficulties in assessing REIT performance during periods of high inflation is there just haven't been any such periods uh, since the 1980s. Um, which is before what we what we classify as the modern REIT era, which really began in kind of the mid-1990s. So because of that, you know, this current environment is really the first true test of the asset class in a high inflation environment. We look back, the U.S. had periods of high inflations in, in the 70s and 80s, um, you know, and it was as high as 13% annually. Uh, but since 1990, inflation rate rarely went much above 3%. What we can glean from those earlier time periods with real estate as a whole is that real estate rents and values tend to increase when prices do and when there's inflation, due in part to the fact that many leases are tied to inflation. Um, and in fact, what we have witnessed over this current time period is this is holding true so far. You know, we've seen a number of sectors, including the industrial warehouse and logistics assets, storage, apartment, lodging, all of those sectors have been able to uh, pass through double-digit market rental rate growth this year, uh, which is more than offsetting 
the rise in inflation that we see. We think this ability to increase rents supports dividend growth and provides a reliable stream of income even during inflationary periods. Because of rising material costs as well, during periods of inflation, we think construction activity will shrink. This will reduce new supply, which allows the existing landlord that ability to kind of continue to increase their rents going forward. And this is the characteristic of real estate that provides support for maintaining increasing dividends and kind of protecting you against inflation. So what we should see here is that REITs will be able to weather this storm. And, you know, we're encouraged by the fact that REIT dividends have outpaced inflation as a, as measured by the CPI um, in all but two of the last 20 years. And so we think that, you know, we can see a similar thing happen going forward. So I, I think that's kind of how we're, how we're thinking about inflation impact on the sector right now. Thank you, Bill. And you had mentioned uh, rising rates with the Fed uh, making some pretty significant moves this year. Uh, how is that impacting rates in general? Yeah, um, you know, commonly, I, I think that there's a common perception within uh, equity markets that when interest rates go up, REITs are destined to underperform. However, an examination of the historical record suggests that you know, this is actually a misconception. Although interest rates certainly affect real estate values and therefore the performance of REITs, rising interest rates do not necessarily lead to poor returns. Rising interest rates uh, pose challenges for REITs, um, you know, undoubtedly. All else being equal, higher interest rates tend to decrease the value of properties and increase borrowing costs. In addition, higher interest rates make the relatively high dividend yields generated by REITs less attractive when compared with lower-risk fixed-income securities, which reduces their appeal to income-seeking investors. However, currently globally, we're seeing historically low leverage in the REIT market, thereby reducing the refinancing risk that has faced the sector in other periods of rising interest rates. What's more, as we previously mentioned, the ability to increase rents at levels above the rate of inflation will allow dividend yields to continue to rise, allowing the sector to remain attractive as um, an income vehicle, even uh, even as we see kind of this increase in rates, fixed income doesn't, you know, your, your coupon is set there. So you don't have the ability to continue to benefit from that, which REITs do. And Bill, we talked about rates and inflation. You also mentioned, you know, the possibility of recession. And you gave us a little history backdrop about real estate in the modern era. Can you talk about the impact of a recession and how that affects you know, commercial and private real estate? Yeah, sure, Dan. Uh, you know, obviously, real estate, it's not immune to an economic cycle. And a slowdown in economic activity will negatively impact demand for space in just about every property type, slowing growth rates that we've seen from the sector over the last several years. You know, we can't argue against that. That said, landlords do enjoy contractual leases with their tenants. Thus, Earnings and cash flows are much more predictable in the real estate sector than they are in other segments of the economy. So early on into a recession, you know, REITs as a um, late cycle, real estate as a late cycle kind of sector, we would expect that we're going to continue to be able to collect um, our rents from our ten- from, from tenants, which will support earnings and cash flows going forward into 2023. 
we think that allows, you know, that stability and predictability is going to mean that you're going to see very modest, if any, negative earnings revisions for the REIT space uh, looking into 2023, something that we think we will see if the economy significantly weakens from other segments of the market. We think this will be able to help support kind of relative uh, multiples within the with REITs relative to the broader equity markets. The other big factor to kind of look at is going into this recession, a number of conditions exist today that are unlike when we've entered past recessions. Occupancy levels for pretty much all property types are near all-time highs. Uh, construction activity is also near all-time lows at the same time. So normally when we're at a peak of an economic cycle and heading into recession, you would see more new product being delivered, which would then provide competition for that existing uh, landlord and see, you know, who's now looking also at a, a, at a smaller uh, demand pool because of just the pullback in, in economic activity. This cycle with less new supply on the, on the market, we think some of those pressures that, that you see in market rents are going to be diminished. I think then the other big factor is going into this cycle, we also have uh, just balance sheets are much healthier today for real estate owners overall. We have seen much lower levels of variable rate debt than we saw when we went into the uh, financial crisis of 2008. We also are seeing much lower levels of leverage in the market at the same time. Both of those factors, um, you know, one, that, that not having as much variable rate debt when we're seeing rates increase. So that limits your, your impact of, of that factor on, on the space. And then just having that lower level of leverage versus where asset values are, we think will not lead to that forced seller situation where someone is unable to, to service their debt. So we think this sector is heading into any economic uh, downturn in a much healthier position than they would have been in the past. And Bill, the Aberdeen Global Premier Properties Fund, again, ticker AWP, is a closed-end fund structure. And in light of everything that you shared with us about inflation, interest rates, possible recession, et cetera, uh, how is the fund position going forward? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, you know, the, those uncertainties that we face are, are, are presenting a whole new slew of challenges for uh, structuring a global real estate portfolio. Thankfully, we, we think real estate fundamentals remain healthy. And also, real estate is very much still a local business with individual property type fundamentals and economic dynamics often being the key drivers of performance. As such, um, while we have taken a slightly more defensive tilt to our portfolio construction, you know, we remain focused on our in-depth, on-the-ground research approach to seek out the best property types and markets at any given time. Like I said, we think fundamentals overall are in fairly good uh, good shape. Um, we think real estate will continue to serve as a inflation hedge um, due to the ability to increase rents and uh, lower levels of new construction uh, kind of because of those higher input costs. So because of that, you know, when we're looking at things today, we're looking at the sectors and companies where we see opportunity to increase rents both in the near term 
and with structural tailwinds that can support outsized growth into the future. Um, since we think these factors will help to identify the companies that are going to be able to increase their dividends and, and support um, our income generation capabilities. Because of all of that, we have been increasing our exposure to shorter duration sectors like self-storage, the apartment sector in the U.S., um, you know, both of which, like I mentioned, have been able to see double-digit rent hikes due to strong demand for their properties. Additionally, we continue to believe that structural changes that we've witnessed over the last several years in a number of real estate sectors are going to continue. So because of that, we like kind of those non-traditional and new real estate types, things like cell towers and other uh, digital infrastructure providers. We think that there's opportunities uh, still there, and we think the valuations are still uh, attractive. And then lastly, I, I say on, on this portion of the portfolio, I say is we think that the logistics and industrial sector still has some opportunities as we continue to see supply chains uh, needing to be repositioned globally. Um, we think that that's going to continue to allow for outsized demand for new space there, which is going to uh, drive rental rate growth. At the same time that we have, have all these factors that we th- that are kind of more growthy elements of real estate, we are factoring in and building a piece of our portfolio that it has sectors that are historically more defensive in case of economic uncertainty. And so those would be sectors, you know, that have very stable cash flows and, and we'll just be able to kind of those steady eddy kind of sectors that will continue to perform, uh, things like healthcare and uh, triple net lease structures, which is a, um, we, we think both of those are things that we'll be able to hold up fairly well. So because of all that, it's a barbell approach, you know, where we're combining folks on that growth while, while mixing in strong balance sheets, high quality portfolios. And we think that is going to be what's going to drive performance and allow us to kind of weather this uncertainty going forward. Kind of looking at just kind of our country positions and regional positioning right now, the fund continues to remain overweight relative to the benchmark to the Americas, where we just have more confidence in the near-term economic health and the efforts that are uh, underway to combat inflation, as well as the kind of the supportive underlying real estate fundamentals that we see in the U.S. and Canada. At the same time, we've been uh, reducing our exposure to continental Europe. We've just become increasingly concerned about the economic outlook there in light of the looming energy crisis, rampant inflation pressures. We think all of that could kind of curtail output in Europe. And so because of that, we've cut back. And then lastly, you know, we continue to maintain our underweight positions in Hong Kong and China uh, due to the continued concerns that we have on the geopolitical front and the uh, concerns that we have about financing availability for several developers. And so because of that, we think while there is valuations that are looking more attractive, we think that the risks are still not fully uh, reflected in, in all of that. Bill, thank you so much for your insights today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can find out more about the fund at www.abrdnawp.com. I'm Dan Buchanan with Aberdeen. Do look out for future episodes.
This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation or solicitation to deal in any of the investments or products mentioned herein and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen. The companies discussed in this podcast have been selected for illustrative purposes only or to demonstrate our investment management style and not as an investment recommendation or indication of their future performance. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns, return projections or estimates and provide no guarantee of future results.